Hey everybody, welcome back to Turn Bark Time. I'm the Turn. I'm the Bark. And we're still going to be here for a long time. Yo, what up everybody? This is season four, episode 12. Oh, I like the hook em. <laughs> Keep it PG. <laughs> episode 12. Episode 12. It is episode 12. But first, Barker, happy three-year anniversary. Not of our friendship, but of Turnbark time. <laughs> yes. And for those of you, as we were kind of confused, it, we're, we're year three, but season four, what we did the first year is we did the first season was the end of the school year when we went on the long siesta. Yep. Long break on the shutdown. And then we took a little break over summer and then started back up when the school year started back up again. And so that's why that's how we get four seasons out of three years. Correct. Correct. And that was me who was confused. Barker knew the correct answer right away when I was like, how is this possible? So thank you to our tens of followers, our tens of viewers, I should say. We have we have a considerable number of followers. We have a, almost we have 272 subscribers on the YouTube. Thank you, guys. Yep. Uh, we have tens of views. We almost got about 75 on the last video. Yeah, I saw the last one was our one of so, our better whoop, whoop. ones. We'll call it a dog. Um, and I think we have an estimated uh, podcast, like audience of like four to eight. Yes, so, solid. That That's apparently really span solid. that is that apparently spans the Atlantic Ocean into Europe, but I don't know how that works. But yeah, I mean, you type in a wrong word and you get hooked. So <laughs> it's on the oh, internet. That's true. And we do have people that are always pushing our brand. Uh, uh, Sasquatch uh, Geoff uh, was actually in Auburn, Washington, and was talking with the middle school social studies teacher and recommended our podcast. So thanks, Squatch. Woo -woo. Appreciate that. Um, I don't know if you got it today, but I got a Snapchat today from our fake niece. Shout out to Kelsey. Well, I'm sure I did. Who was repping um, her Turnbark Time sweatshirt Heck on yeah. Whitman's campus today. Heck yeah. Hoping that it would bring her good, good vibes for uh, an exam that she had today. So, yep, that's what I love. For exam two and three of six this week. Yeah. So, so. shout out, fake niece. Thanks for the love. We got you. All right, here we go. Now, Barker, I got to tell you, this topic threw me for a loop de loop. And now that I know more about it, terrifying. We are talking today about the greatest creature of all time. No, that's a that's an embellishment. But this these are Canadian super pigs. <laughs> and the dangers that they pose to America. Um if you took a class from me, you would know that invasive species are like one of my favoriteest topics to talk about. Yeah. And as you can see on our channel, we do we do tend to talk about invasive species a bit. Um because you would think at some point, like you're supposed to learn from history. Yeah. But we just keep putting animals where they shouldn't and then letting them out of the cage. So I don't know. Do you guys have Nutria and Puyallup? Well, Barker, I don't live in Puyallup. Well, no, but I know you grew up in Puyallup. I know they're not in Quincy. They can't make the mountains. Nutria. Nutria. Does that, that ring a bell? Does not. Okay. Quasi Imagine a beaver. That but it's essentially a large South American watery rat. Okay. That live in the 
swamps and 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 dikes that protect Longview from flooding. Um, and I was always like, because they're just a way like a way of life here in Longview. Yeah. And so you would assume that they're native, but they're not. They were brought over to replace beavers when beavers were going extinct, and people were going to ranch nutria, and then textile like synthetics came out. So they just let them go. And so now there's just these big fat aquatic rats that are just angry in southwest Washington. And I just wondered if they spread that far north. But anyway, we're you not talking about nutrient today. I think actually, because their tail isn't beaver tail, correct? It's like a flat, Ooh. like a like a skinny flat kind of tail. <laughs> like a rat I, tail. I'm looking I had to look up this picture of it. I think there's actually one that lives in the canal system in Ellensburg at Central. <laughs> yeah. One. One made it. I, I I swear I've seen I just I know I've seen that animal before in in the water. I, I guess I call it the wilds, but <laughs> the wild canals of Ellensburg. His name is Thaddeus. Yeah. Um, he is a learned a learned nutria. But anyway, we are here to talk about Canadian super pigs. Um, this was just something that came, we came across. We were apparently it kind of hit the news in the fall, and we were unawares. But there is a threat. Uh, the of the Canadian invasion, you know, and we're not talking about Nickelback, um, or Celine hey. Dion, or Jim Carrey, um, or Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is Canadian too, isn't he? He is Canadian. So, um, we are talking about like super pigs, like so. We're talking. It it really boggles the mind how you get super pigs because it's really just an ant- wild boars crossbred with pigs, which. There's six million like wild pigs in America that do cause, according to the USDA, $1.5 billion in crop damage a year. And those are just normal wild pigs in America. Predominantly in the South, we can trace, <clears throat> blame the Spanish, 1539, Hernando de Soto brought over, what was it, 13? Yep. I think it was 13 pigs. And after like four years, there was 700. And then they just kind of slowly spread across the southern states. Um, And so, but Canada didn't get wild pigs until the 1980s. They wanted to bring them in as a meat source. And then apparently by the 2000s, like people stopped. The the demand for wild pig meat in Canada (laughs) hit a wall. What? Shocking. I could never Uh, believe. Why would the demand fall? I don't know. Y2K didn't kill the computers. It killed the wild boar market. God damn. Or the domesticated boar market. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. So these pigs are being bred like meat pigs. So you want them to be big. You want them to be beefy. But got to be able to survive in Canada. Um, they range normally between 120 to 250 pounds. The largest ever recorded is 661 pounds. That's a big pig. Well, and the goal of this was like so. I, I just saw that. I so I remember reading the poundage. the The goal of that was to make them easier to shoot. <laughs> like you were going to breed them to make them bigger, so yeah, you'd have more meat, but they were also easier to shoot and kill. <laughs> well, as things happen, some got out, and they figured, no problemo. Those pigs will just freeze to death in the you know sweet cold embrace of canadian winter now hold on barker this sounds vaguely familiar like if we leave the hippos in Colombia without feeding them 
they'll just die. <laughs> yeah. Well, the difference is, I mean, I, I have a little bit. These they they the article from I think there was one from Field and Stream. Yep. And it's the Guardian um, was talking about how these are highly intelligent pigs. And I don't think, I think that was an unintended consequence of the yeah. crossbreeding. Pigs are actually fairly intelligent animals. Yeah. Um, believe it or not. But uh, so the pigs got out and they started breeding. And so apparently pigs reproduce fairly quickly. Um, these particular pigs can have two, essentially two litters of pigs per year. Takes 114 days for their gestational period, so to be pregnant and pop out four to six piglets, and then a female pig becomes sexually mature in six to eight months. Dang! No so, wonder yeah. it went from 13 to 700. Quick turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'll, I'll save that comment. Uh, a U.S. estimate claimed, and this was for maintaining the U.S. wild pig population. If you want to keep the numbers to what they currently are, you need to kill 75% of the population to offset the breeding. That's a lot of bacon. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. Mark, so this sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> about going to war with the emus. <laughs> right, right, right. And you figure, well, you could just shoot the pigs. These pigs, sorry, first they thought they'll get out, they're going to die in the winter. And it gets like negative 50 degrees centigrade. And, and for all of you people who can't do, I can't convert temperatures off the top of my head because I'm not a science teacher. You want me to do it? Hold on, hold on. Sure, hold on. okay. So centigrade, so you're going to, let's see, I remember, remember this correctly. It's five ninths. So you're going to multiply, I'm going to do a rough estimate. So you're going uh, to divide it. So negative 50 divided by half would be negative 25. You're going to add 32. So we're going to go, oh, math. We're going to go, I'm going to go negative, negative 57. No, 50, yeah, negative 57. Am I off? Am I way off? I thought once it got into negatives, I got closer. Go ahead, Bart. What's the actual answer? Let me let me let me do the math real quick with the, the help of the Google. Okay. I can ask my Google. Negative fifty well, degrees. What is negative fifty degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? Minus fifty degrees Celsius. Oh minus, minus fifty eight degrees Fahrenheit. Let's go. <laughs> so there you have it. Mr. Turner can math. I can uh, Canadian. <laughs> you, sir, are a better man than I. So, anyways, it's cold, like colder than Central Washington cold. Yes, and they thought the pigs were just gonna die. Which logically, you would think, right? Like just anything in negative fifty-eight degrees Fahrenheit or fifty degrees Celsius is gonna be a lot. So that wasn't native, right? And hasn't developed right. some sort of uh, adaption to deal with that. Well, the pigs apparently can burrow two meters which for in american is about six feet six feet. <laughs> six feet under the snow and they prefer apparently to dig down near the sides of lakes where there are cattails mm -hmm. uh, which is a plant if you're not familiar with it um and they sit there and they insulate it and they make themselves little pig loos <laughs> like and apparently loose. in the morning you can like fly over and see the steam coming out of their little pig loos 
I mean, it's like potentially a 250 pound animal. Sounds like something out of a horror movie. It sounds like Tremors, but in Canada with snow. Um, and so Dr. Ryan Brooke, who is apparently the foremost expert on Canadian super pigs from the University of Saskatchewan, is one of the head is the head of the Canadian Wild Pig Research Project. So they're the ones that have been dealing with this. The problem is, is that pigs and wild pigs are omnivores. They are opportunistic eaters, kind of like teenage kids. Yep. Um, and the biggest concern ecologically is not just the crops, but they're decimating uh, wild birds, waterfowl. They will eat ducklings and goslings. They will just gobble up them little baby chickies. Yep. Like Americans with peeps. But... Uh, <laughs> Oh, you hush your mouth. Peeps but, are gross, dude. <laughs> Sorry. That's a whole, that's a different topic for a different day. They also carry 30 different diseases and it potentially could be host to 37 different parasites. So coming into contact, you should never come into physical contact with a wild pig and then eat, drink, or use tobacco products without first washing your hands. I've why? been on some interesting websites. Why tobacco product? Why just that? Because you put your hands in your mouth. Yeah, but... Touch the pig, touch the yeah, cigarette. But don't... Okay, whatever. Don't. Now you got pseudo-rabies, man. Oh, Jesus. They apparently... These pigs have thrived. And they now operate... They've been seen over an area of 620,000 square miles. And I was like, well... That's a big number. I don't know what that, I need to put that into reference to a state. Yeah. That's roughly the size of Alaska. Oh. <laughs> so these pigs are not only like reproducing, but they have quite the range. And there's, they've been seen in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Alberta. And for all of you average Americans who don't know your Canadian provinces, those are essentially the South Central Canadian provinces, the ones that are above like Montana and the Dakotas. So there's concern that some of these super pigs may have wandered across the border without stopping at a proper Check immigration out. station yep. um, and could potentially be in Montana, North Dakota, Michigan, or Minnesota. And, you know, we're just kind of wondering, like, so, like, people have been trying to figure out how do we solve the problem? Because you always got to figure out, you know, are we going to pull in Australia where we bring in another invasive species to kill an invasive species? Then we have a, you know, a bigger invasive species problem. So the strategies that they've used in America, we've tried to poison pigs. You put out poison feed and the pigs come and they eat it and then they die. The problem is it doesn't discriminate. So yeah, you're killing off anything. Yeah, you're killing anything that eats the, the forbidden fruit. Um, so one of the strategies, and this is from the Wild Pig Research Project of Saskatchewan, is a program they called the Judas Pig. They trank one of them. They put a collar on it with a radio transmitter, and they essentially track it back oh, to its. That's spot. so dark, <laughs> but so. That's so dark. Oh, and great name. For, Good job. The, the pigs live in pods, mostly female pods. Sometimes there's younger males, and they're called sounders. So they go back and try and find that sounder. It brings a whole new frame of reference to the Seattle Sounders soccer team. Yes, it does. Just start slapping some wild pigs on their gear. Yeah. But um, the males live pretty much solitary. 
sometimes there's there's essentially like bachelor groups that'll run around and then once they get big enough they kind of go on their own and then they only meet up with the sounders for you know that two times a year yeah when it's time to make little piglets they tried recreational hunting and that talking about darwinism here the adaptation was the pigs just became nocturnal they essentially hid during the day and waited for nightfall <coughs> there's also <coughs> sorry now you're good keep going <coughs> an organization in manitoba <clears throat> called squealonpigs.org so if you see one So basically what Barker's saying is if you see a pig like that, you can report it to them and then they can track its whereabouts from there. Call 1-833-SPOT-PIG. If you're in Manitoba. Only in Manitoba. Do not call works in America. you are in Saskatchewan. That would be weird. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's kind of a, I thought it was an interesting, <clears throat> kind of an interesting idea you know this is one of the things that came up with the the putting the border on the southern or putting the wall on the southern border it's like well what about animals that migrate not every animal that migrates is a bird you right. have you know well here in washington we know about that because we built grand coulee dam and that really helped the salmon run in the northern columbia yep made it great again that's sarcasm but yes. uh as there is no like the border between the united states and canada most americans should know or at least most washingtonians is the largest unsecure like unmilitarized border in the world um so there's literally nothing but a clear cut across most of the u.s canadian border that is preventing these pigs from following their noses yep to the cornfields wheat fields you know whatever 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 you know they smell that sounds good to keep these pigs from coming down into the united states um you know and i mean we already have like six million wild pigs in america now the midwest and the upper plains are not an area that traditionally has a wild pig problem that's mostly southeastern states again ones that are more closely tied to the spanish but um you know that could change over time and it's one of those things that we you kind of expect things to stay the same stay the same way like growing up you don't think about you know like new animals being introduced but here in washington we kind of tend to go back and forth about whether we should re should have reintroduced the wolves and whatnot and stuff like yeah. that and now we're talking about <laughs> can the wolves outcompete wild pigs and like these wild pigs are even big enough and they have the tusks that they have been they have evidence of them killing like deer and elk, elk. Yeah. yeah those are big animals yeah you know what i mean and then just think about if one of those gets into like a modern like chicken farm chicken coop that's uh, a lot of chickens it could cause some serious havoc so So be be ready for the call, America. 
I, 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 if there's one country that's going to answer with firearms, <laughs> I, I think we got it. Um, no, it's it, and it's interesting the more we talk about it because uh, again, this is something it, it's we recognize it and it hasn't gotten destructive yet. Like one of the things I read when when they were interviewing that Brooks guy and talking to him about the the professor out of um, this uh, yeah. University of Saskatchewan. Yeah. He said that it was basically it was possible for America to still like contain the population and like control it where in Canada it's no longer possible. Like it it they've gone beyond the the containment phase of this and now they are at the point where it is trying to deal with the consequences of that. So here we are standing at the boundary of something that could happen and we could react and make it and, and fix it. So, and again, one of the things that I kept reading was they were like, they're like, and, and having these pigs for, you know, hunting could be great for everybody, but that's not worth the risk of the environmental damage that it could do to our, our nation. Especially when you think of states like Montana, right? Which are known for like their animals and stuff like that and hunting and fishing and to have that hog come in and destroy that would be, brutal well like even like you know like yellowstone yes you know what i mean you come into like a national park and completely just wreck the ecosystem that we've been trying to repair and manage and yeah keep sustainable and then we just let something come in you know um so this is the one time that i guess that south park was right and we can blame canada but yeah. uh it's just yeah it's one of those things that we should always kind of like temper our decisions to like bring animals or like when people are like i just let my pet go free and it's like did you think about whether your pet was supposed to live in this environment ever you know um again the british bringing rabbits to like australia yeah now there's a giant there's a on top of the cane toads on top of the emu like you know i mean on top of everything, there's a rabbit problem. Why were they brought? Well, they're fun to hunt. Yeah. Well, they also reproduce like, like rabbits. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's something to kind of keep up. I think it's kind of a slow burn topic in America. I don't think anybody's going to campaign in 2024. On the, <laughs> on the Canadian super pig? On, on the threat of the Canadian super pig. Um, unless we run. So. I don't think we would run on that platform either. <laughs> uh, it's free Wi-Fi and kill the Canadian super pigs. I'm telling you, man, it's a winner. All right. I mean, why not? <laughs> Turn bar time, 2024. 2024? I won't be old enough yet. Oh, well, then I'll have to run. Oh, you can't be the VP then. I mean, I technically could. We could go for a constitutional amendment on that. <laughs> but. Balderdash. Yeah, I could sue in state court. Or I could sue. I could sue in federal court for <laughs> for ageism. Yeah, I don't think we'd win. I don't think so either. But that would be an interesting court case to take up. You think they'd even hear it? No. No. Okay. No, I think we. I think they'd just laugh at us and be like, "No, go away." Okay, worth a shot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, bark anything else on some little Canadian squeals? No, nothing on the Canadian squeals. Um, I would say. Uh, Ramadan uh, Mubarak. Oh, to yeah. Any of my former students or current students that are that are Muslim. So it's, yeah. I believe, based on the the comments I've seen on the Instagram coming out of the coming out of Kuwait, that it should be the beginning of Ramadan tomorrow. Oh, okay. 
when, or Thursday when we drop this. So good, fantastic. Wish you guys a yeah. pleasant Ramadan. Yeah, pleasant Ramadan. So, um, yeah, nothing from me on my end. Hey, so we're not sure. You guys might be surprised next week if we are able to drop one. Um, we're looking at I we have, I have conferences, so I will be at Quincy Middle School until at least seven o'clock. So I could drop one, but I'll also be pretty tired. So we are not sure, but we're excited. We have a couple already planned out and ready to go. And we're always looking for new ideas. So feel free to fire away if you have a new idea. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna start. We're gonna do some fun and crazy amendments is coming up. So these are gonna be amendments to the US Constitution that failed, but people still wanted them. And I cannot wait. <laughs> Mark, anything else? Nope. All right. Well, until next time, I'm the turn. I'm the bark. And we're going to be here a long, a long time. Have a good night, everybody. Be safe. By golly, you just be well.